I'm Ray Rogers. And I'm Annie Evans, guest hosting today's episode. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. Here in the United States, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. It's a month dedicated to raising awareness about mental health and working to reduce stigma. Mental health is a topic that can be sensitive and sometimes difficult to talk about. But with the right tools at our fingertips, we can begin to have these conversations, not only in May, but throughout the entire year. One disease many people know of but may not talk about is Alzheimer's disease, the sixth leading cause of death in the United States. More than 5.7 million people in the U.S. live with the disease, and there's currently no known cure. The main focus is on determining ways to diagnose, treat, and one day cure the disease. Us Against Alzheimer's, a nonprofit founded in 2010, aims to disrupt and diversify the movement to cure Alzheimer's. They recently launched a new platform, Brain Guide, which helps people of all ages and communities to understand and take action on brain health and Alzheimer's disease. Brain Guide was created by Us Against Alzheimer's with in-kind and financial support from Biogen. It's a short, no-charge questionnaire available online or via phone in English and Spanish that curates brain health resources tailored to a person's needs. The Brain Guide platform runs on Amazon Web Services, which powers the memory questionnaire capability and makes it available to anyone with a telephone or internet access. To learn more about their work and how AWS is powering their new platform, Ray chatted with Brooks Kenny. Executive Director of Women Against Alzheimer's and Director of the Be Brain Powerful campaign at Us Against Alzheimer's. Here's Ryan Brooks on how Brain Guide is helping people near and far. What is it like for someone who may have Alzheimer's disease? That's such an important and sensitive question. And I have not had my own personal experience, but what I can tell you as a caregiver and as someone that has met many people that are experiencing the disease, oftentimes they start to notice memory changes. And these memory changes can be scary. Not remembering words, not remembering names, not remembering simple things, daily tasks around the house that used to be easy for them. And when this happens, there's a lot of isolation. We aren't really empowered to kind of know what to say to our loved ones when these things are happening. There's a lot of shame that comes with early symptoms. And that's why it's so important for us to shift this conversation and start making it more well-known what these early signs look like so that we can have the conversation. You know, right now, an estimated 6.2 million Americans are living with Alzheimer's or dementia. And what a lot of people don't know is that it disproportionately impacts women and people of color. 60% of Alzheimer's patients are women. 40% of Alzheimer's patients will likely be Latino or Black by 2030. And so a core focus of Us Against Alzheimer's is to not only address the disease across all communities, but to specifically focus on health equity. So we have programs that aim to support women and to support communities of color. Why is that? Why is it a more prevalent disease in communities of color and for women? Well, you know, there's still a lot of research that needs to be done. We know that there are sex-based differences. Women's brains are different than men's. We know that there are social determinants of health that impact dementia risk, levels of education, income, food insecurity, plus the state of the physical environment, which collectively 
that's known as social determinants of health, these factors are directly impacting the risk for Alzheimer's disease. So a lot of work needs to be done to close these gaps. There's also another hurdle in talking about this because there's often a stigma associated with mental health and that can prevent individuals from talking about it, but also at the community level. How do you hope to destigmatize the disease and start meaningful conversations? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. You know, we can really look to the mental health movement, right? And, you know, for so long there's been stigma. And now, look, you know, people are talking about depression, they're talking about anxiety in ways that we never have before as a culture. Our hope with Brain Guide is to spark a new conversation around Alzheimer's disease. So, I mean, let's face it, right now, most people think that Alzheimer's disease is just a natural part of aging. In fact, fear, a lack of a common conversation, a narrative around this issue has contributed to stigma. It is the top fear for people 50 plus getting Alzheimer's disease or experiencing cognitive decline. So consumers aren't raising the issue. They're not talking about it around their kitchen table. They're not talking about it in their healthcare conversations. We know that providers often are not raising the topic because there are not a lot of answers right now in Alzheimer's disease. And so this stigma perpetuates silence, which is really challenging when we're trying to shine a light on what you can do to protect your brain health and to lower your risk. So with Brain Guide, we're hoping to spark that conversation. We're hoping to give consumers a safe and easy way for them to check their memory using a memory questionnaire and to give them something they can bring to their physician, their provider to spark those conversations. We want to reduce the stigma. We want to start talking not only about Alzheimer's disease, but our brain. I mean, does anybody think about their brain as a vital organ the way we do our heart? You know, it, we, we are so comfortable talking about heart disease. We talk about cancer. Those conversations are well understood in our culture, but we don't talk about our brains. We don't talk about our brain health and we certainly don't talk about risk reduction in Alzheimer's disease. And we're hoping to change that. Because Alzheimer's disease does not have to be a normal part of aging, right? Like there are steps that we can take to protect our brain, similar to how we may eat a heart-healthy diet or exercise to take care of our heart. There are things that we can do to mitigate some of our risks. That's exactly right. And the science is finally catching up, right? Which is super exciting. There've been new reports that are out talking about risk reduction, talking about the benefits of regular exercise, a healthy diet, reducing stress, getting enough sleep, and also other risk factors like pollution, like hearing loss. We're starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together so we can more holistically look at our health and well-being and reduce our risk for Alzheimer's disease and other dementias. We hear from caregivers that it sometimes takes two years to get their loved one diagnosed. How do you plan out your day-to-day? How do you keep your loved one safe? How do you manage medication? You know, we're talking about a disease that impacts somebody's cognition. And so what oftentimes happens is caregivers are left wondering, how do I do this? How do I help my loved one? How do I raise the topic of whether or not it's time to stop driving or, you know, making other shifts or changes in the home? So, you know, we believe it's so important to have caregiver training because this is not a skill that you're just born with to understand. Caregiving for someone with Alzheimer's disease is also a long-term journey. This is a chronic disease and the journey looks very different in year one than year 10. 
And it is in, in an extraordinary, challenging experience we hear you know, from caregivers. We know caregivers are at greater risk for heart disease, diabetes, and depression, and Alzheimer's because of their caregiving journey. So we really need to be thinking holistically about how we help those that are caring for loved ones. And so much of that, not only helping people who may have Alzheimer's themselves, but also the caregivers who are providing that day-to-day support is about giving them the resources and guidance and vocabulary needed to be able to talk about this in a meaningful way with doctors, for example. Brain Guide kind of pulls all of this together that we've been talking about today. We know that millions of people are worrying about their memory or their brain health or that of a loved one, and they don't know where to turn. They don't always know where the next step is on their journey. So Brain Guide was created by Us Against Alzheimer's. We have in-kind and financial support from Biogen. The platform itself runs on Amazon Web Services, and the platform includes memory questionnaires that can be self-administered or taken for a loved one. And once those questionnaires are completed, we provide tailored education and resources based on the answers from the questionnaire. The service can be accessed via the website, or it can be accessed via the telephone using our voice bot. So it is made to be accessible to anyone with telephone or access to the internet. And it's not meant to diagnose Alzheimer's. It's simply meant to provide resources. Is that right? Correct. So we have created this platform to include memory questionnaires that are validated in the clinical setting today. It does not diagnose or make any treatment recommendations regarding Alzheimer's or any disease for that matter, but it does aim to give you the next best step on your journey. So that might include resources for healthy eating or exercise. It might include information about the typical signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. We have a tip sheet on how to raise the topic with your family, how to raise the topic with your provider. So we're trying to give people the next step on their journey, knowing that those first steps can often be tough. So we want to curate the specific set of resources for people so they can take that next step on their journey without being overwhelmed, right? We've all gone on the internet and you can you can look up multiple topics. Millions of things to read. Exactly. So this is really, you know, a two-pager that not meant to oversimplify, but really just help people take that next step. And then they can always come back to our website for additional resources and support. And you worked with others to create this tool and to curate some of this information for those who are taking the assessment. How did you actually create Brain Guide? Yeah, we sure did. I mean, we did not do this alone. We worked together with Biogen. We worked with Amazon Web Services. We worked with medical experts across the Alzheimer's field. We also worked through our users. So we identified potential users. And since September, we have met one-on-one with users on a weekly basis to get their input on the idea, the concept of Brain Guide. As we were developing it, we watched them use the platform. We watched where they went on the web bot. We watched how they responded to the voice bot. We then went back to our medical experts and we shared with them our scripts, our language, our flows, all the things that one would do when you're developing something. And and we're really proud, I think, not only of our medical experts who have supported us, but also the market research we were able to do. We did not build this in a vacuum. 
with our own ideas. We were really inspired by the users and the community that responded to us over these last many months to create the best version of this platform at launch. And we're really excited about the stakeholders who've been involved to help us along the way. Brain Guide was developed to serve all communities. From the onset, we had a commitment to make the platform available both in English and in Spanish completely. We also wanted to ensure that we had perspective from diverse communities from the onset. So our market research included diverse participants throughout the experience. And as we continue to develop this platform and as we bring it to the community, that will be a core focus of ours. We want this to be accessible. We want it to be utilized by all communities throughout the country. It will always be free. We will always have it in both English and Spanish. And our work ahead is to continue to customize it to reach those communities in greatest need. What do you hope for Brain Guide as it evolves and what do you hope its long-term impact will be? Such a great question. You know, I really hope that the millions of Americans who are worried about their memory or brain health can get the support they need through Brain Guide. As I said at the onset, our mission is to conquer Alzheimer's disease and we're hoping with Brain Guide we can address stigma. Let's start having these conversations. Let's not be afraid to talk about our brain health. I want people to have the tools they need to spark those conversations with their families, with their healthcare providers, in their communities. We also really want these conversations to start early. You know, I want to see a day where Alzheimer's disease is not being diagnosed in families that are thrown into chaos, but rather when we're noticing signs early enough where people can get help, where families can make a plan, where their quality of life can be much improved because we addressed it early. We really, in short, want these conversations happening now. And we want people to get the support that they need. And I'm just hopeful that Brain Guide can play a role in doing that. This month, we hope you can take time for yourself, learn more about brain health and mental health, and maybe even start a conversation with a loved one or a professional. You can visit mybrainguide.org to take the questionnaire or call 855-BRAIN-411. Thank you to our guest, Brooks, for joining us today and shedding light on such an important topic. And thank you for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share. We'll be here on the next one.